It's time to stop focusing on business problems and start focusing on the growth and leadership of your business. Welcome to The Business Edge with your host, Marsha Zeidel. Learn from savvy, street-smart entrepreneurs how to make the leap from running a stressful business that's always putting out fires to leading a successful company that is innovative, productive, profitable. Now, here's Marsha Zeidel. Welcome to The Business Edge. I'm Marsha Zeidel, the Smart Moves coach and speaker, helping entrepreneurs and business owners create a thriving culture and leadership to build great companies that matter those that do good and do well. My motto is, if you do what you always did, you will get what you always got. Therefore, move outside your comfort zone. That's where the magic happens. So let's start right now to bring some magic to your business with a Marsha's Musings. It's time for Marsha's Musings, a tasty morsel of wisdom and wit to take the growing pains out of growth. The big rocks of your business. I recently heard a speaker say to a group of small business owners, are you ready for a quiz? They eagerly said yes. He pulled out a one-gallon mason jar and carefully placed a dozen fifth-size rocks into the jar. He then asked, is this jar full? Everyone answered, yes. Really, he said. He pulled out a bucket of gravel dumped it into the jar, and shook it so that the gravel would go into the spaces between the big rocks. He smiled and asked the group once more, Is the jar full now? However, they were on to him. Probably not, one said. Good, he replied. Next, he brought out a bucket of sand and dumped it into the jar, filling the spaces between the rocks and the gravel. Then he grabbed a pitcher of water and filled the jar to the brim. Finally, he said, who can tell me the point of this exercise? One eager beaver raised his hand and said, the point is that no matter how full your schedule is, if you really hard, you could always fit more things into it. No, the speaker replied, that's not the point at all. Truth is, if you don't put the big rocks in first, you will never get them in. So here's a smart moves tip. Hunt elephants, not stomp ants. Every day, go after your high payoff priorities. Minimize the time spent on stomping ants. Those tasks that give you a quicker kill and a higher body count, but don't put much meat on the table. Are you an elephant hunter or an ant stomper? Here's how to find out. Let's do a productivity, productivity audit. Contact me at Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com or call 972-380-9181. You're listening to Marcia Zidle, the Smart Moves Coach making sure you're on the right track and not getting sidetracked in your drive for high performance and profitability. Listeners, continuing with the theme of the big rocks in your business is today's program, Preparing for What's Next, Leveraging Your Company's Life Cycle. Here's one of those simple but profound questions we need to regularly ask ourselves. What are you focusing on now? 
why is why is that important question especially for entrepreneurs well after a successful launch entrepreneurs have a choice they can sit back and continue doing what they've done so far or they can recognize the need to prepare for what comes next too often entrepreneurs make the wrong choices to stay the course using the logic why mess with success but according to my guest Dr. Mary Lippitt an internationally recognized leader in strategic thinking and executing change there's a good reason to refocus based on changing realities and one of those realities is that now listen to this 50% of new businesses fail Mary will be giving us insights from her book Brilliant or Blunder Six Ways Leaders Navigate Uncertainty, Opportunity and Complexity which provides leaders with a toolkit for making smarter strategic decisions for sustained results. Welcome Mary, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Well Mary, um let me ask you this. Uh, what made you write Brilliant or Blunder? Well, I think that my goal was to help organizations deal with agility. Uh, a lot of the leadership books out there really talk about static things like your characteristics, your style, or your competencies. And in reality, we're in the information age, and we need to think about making the smart decisions and making sure that we have a successful impact right away. So other frameworks are dealing with, you know, more stable aspects which are important, but mm-hmm. I think we also need need to deal with what's happening now as you suggested earlier and also understand making sure that we can deal with all the the changing variables. I mean there's so many different things impacting us. And some of them, you know, are totally out of our control, um, such as, you know, if I'm in England, Brexit is going to make some changes. And so we really have to have a way and a framework for helping people deal with uncertainty, complexity, and then to take the new opportunities that confront us all the time. So I want to look at things in terms of making the smart choices to get sustainable and outstanding results. And you know um I I talked with Mary earlier um this afternoon because you're talking about uncertainty and not being in control. Well, um uh, in my neighborhood, um the all the electricity went out for about an hour, which meant the internet was down. Everything, you know, the only thing I could way I can communicate was with my cell phone. And you just start, you know, you you say, "Okay, what do I need to do?" Um uh how do i deal with this what happens if the electricity comes back up what happens if it doesn't am i going to have the program i'm not going to have the program and so i was living it literally living it for the past <laughs> two hours okay and uh, you know it it came back uh my my skype came back i'm talking to mary now and we're going to move forward um so i i had a chance to um read parts of your book and you talk about mindsets uh what are they and why are they important well a mindset in my definition is a 
set of data, a frame of reference, an area of attention. So what I'm talking about here is to make sure that you don't set your mind in a fixed area. You know, it's really interesting, particularly for entrepreneurs who have thought of, of a new idea, brought it to market, and they're really committed and, and they're being successful. And so there's a tendency, again, you know, to stick with what's made you success. Mm-hmm. Um, but the trouble is, is that we also need to be thinking and making sure that the environment hasn't changed. And if I could just remind folks of the dot-com era, where there were a lot of folks who introduced new companies with new insights, and they were really just focusing on the number of eyes on the website kind of thing. And then the dot-com came up, and they said, oh, we have to make money, too. We have to keep our talent, too. And, and they were just so focused on one area that they were literally blindsided uh, by some changing realities. And, again, if I could give another example, mm-hmm. um, the bank bankers of the 1990s made an assumption that home prices would never go down more than 95%. So, I mean, pardon me, the home prices would never go down more than 5%. So mm-hmm. I could give a 95% mortgage. Here, again, they, they were working on an assumption that they had not tested because, in reality, there were areas of the country where home prices had gone down more than 5%. So our conviction, which makes us full of energy and we're proud of of our ability to stick to our success formulas, can also become a pitfall because it can blind us to some new realities. So the mindset are taking a look at your current drivers. What are the goals that you think you should be focusing on right now? And what we've identified is basically there's six different areas. One is what's a new product? What are some mm-hmm. new ways to leverage technology? So we call that the inventing. You've got to keep reinventing ourselves. The second one takes a look at customers, the competition, um, being able to identify new potential uh, niches within our pop, uh, customer base. The third one is taking a look at how do we organize ourselves? What are the policies that we have in place? What are the ways we want to hold people accountable? And then the fourth one takes a look at improving quality, reducing waste, improving ROI. The fifth one says, what are we doing in terms of our talent? Are we retaining them? Are we developing them? I actually knew of one company that had to fire a lot of their their employees because they had not kept up with their competencies. Now, that was the responsibility of both the organization and the employee. But are we watching that? And particularly for entrepreneurs, one of the questions in this arena is, what am I doing in terms of succession? You know, Mm -hmm. it's not just will I retire, but maybe I want to bring someone else where I can maybe come up with another strategic business opportunity. So what is my culture? Um, That's the fifth area. And then the final area, the sixth area, is taking a look at what are the new trends, what are the new business models out there, what are the new niches that might be potentially possible, what have I learned from what we've done so far that I can apply and maybe amplify, how can I make sure that I'm positioning my, my company for the future. So each of those areas require collecting information in, in what I will call mindset buckets. And if you focus on one bucket for too long, 
then, then there's a there's a quote from Mark Twain that says, you know, you'll get run over if you stay on one track too long, and and that's what I don't want entrepreneurs to do, and I think that's what happens with with the, the failure rate of, of some wonderful firms that they aren't agile enough to jump, to move, to adjust uh, to the changing realities. You know, you uh, you encompass six great areas that we could probably have a show on each one of them, um, and maybe we will later on. Um, okay. I like the idea when you talk about mindset buckets because that is a very visual graphic that I see. We have these buckets in front of us. And we may, you know, uh, we may pay attention to one and not the other. We may kick one of the buckets, you know, and not come back Mm -hmm. to it. Um, And so, you know, and and because this show is so focused on entrepreneurs and small business owners, um, I'd like you to, you know, talk about a bit about why is it so hard for those who are successful uh, and we're not talking corporate, but really uh, business owners, entrepreneurs, uh, to change their mindset. And I would imagine it's everyone has difficulty in changing their mindset. Absolutely. I mean, I think that what happens when we're successful is people praise us. And the minute we keep getting praise, and whether that's verbal praise, whether that's customer praise, whether that's praise in terms of my, my bank account, um, I tend to want to keep doing what's successful. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could almost argue that you, you would be sort of crazy to drop doing what has made you successful. But again, if you stay in one area for too long, you're going mm-hmm. to pay a price. And I'm just going to use a corporate example here. You know, BlackBerry used to be the smart PDA, mm-hmm. and they did not stay up with design. And you could understand that, that, I don't know this for a fact, I'm just, this is a hypothetical uh, attribution here, that they say, okay, we're going to develop all the technology, we're going to make this secure, and I don't care about the way it looks. (laughs) And then you have, you know, other organizations that come up with saying, okay, I'm going to look at the way it looks, it's going to be thinner, it's going to be lighter. And you could say, well, no, people are buying this for technology. No. People change. They want the technology and design. And so I think entrepreneurs need to be careful that they recognize what brought them to success and certainly keep it up. But again, continue to monitor um, the changing realities that we're facing and make sure that you don't stay too content for too long. Um, you know, the, the, there's a there's a, uh, a comment from Intel. You know, the, only the paranoid survive. And, and what I would suggest is, it's very risky to try something new to move into uncharted waters. But you know what? If you stay with a boat too long, it could link and it can sink you. So we we got to make sure that we stay alert, agile, uh, responsive. Um, rather than just saying, hey, I'm going to stick with my knitting. I'm going to stick with everything that made me successful. That's a danger. And I think, you know, um, because um, I'm an executive coach, um, I always think back to uh, Marshall Goldsmith and his book is What Got You Here Won't Get You There. In other words, what got you to this point may be that success, but it's not going to get you to the next level. And he was talking about leadership, but this is true of companies as well. Um, 
So we just have a, a minute or two left before the break. Uh, can you talk a little more about, you know, the, one of the mindsets that uh, grabbed me was your first one, um, which had to do that, and I think this is true of companies and individuals, which is we may have to um, reinvent ourselves. Um, well, yeah, reinvent talk a little bit about reinv- that. Reinvent the scope of our services. Mm-hmm. or consider adding on some new technology. A number of people that want to do things on a mobile phone has, you know, grown greatly. So if I'm running a, a small restaurant and I'm not going to have a mobile app that will let people order and get something delivered, I'm going to be at a disadvantage because I need to make sure that I'm staying up with the people's current mechanisms for for dining out and you think that that should be static but it isn't it is changing i mean yes people need three meals a day but you know there's there's maybe some other opportunities to deal with either catering whether you could work again in terms of making sure that you have a home delivery service where you uh can can uh increase you know your your billables you know we have to stay alert. In addition, what I would say under this mindset is that we have to make sure that we're constantly looking for synergies within our business. Mm-hmm. We have a tendency when we start to be very functionally oriented and a go, 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 you know, everybody pitch in, everybody, you know, do everything they can kind of thing. But every once in a while, it's good to step back and say, you know, where are some ways that we can be doing something better that may reduce the stress on our staff, that may improve, you know, the, the number of uh, table turns that we have or, or something different now, I know that, you know, people see different as, as, as a risk, but, you know, if you don't take, I mean, only with risk will you get the great rewards. So and I'm going to stop you right there because I think that is a really good point. Only with risk do you get rewards, and it's now time for a short break. I'm Marcia Seidel, the Smart Moves Coach, and my guest is Dr. Mary Lippitt, talking about preparing for what's next, leveraging your company's life cycle in the next uh, life cycle. And in the next segment, Mary will be getting more into uh, the mindsets and how to build and align them. So stay tuned. You're listening to the Business Edge on Voice America's Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Need a speaker for your next event that will engage, educate, and energize? Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves Coach, will quickly capture your audience's attention with her enthusiasm, her ability to connect with diverse groups, and her real-world success stories. She creates learning experiences that turn on the light bulbs, trigger innovative ideas, and motivate decisive action. The result? Accelerated leadership performance and business profitability. Schedule a keynote, presentation, or webinar now. Go to smartmovescoach.com forward slash speaking. 
Have you heard the great news? Snelling has been awarded Best of Staffing by both clients and candidates for their remarkable service, an achievement less than 1% of all workforce solutions companies can claim. Simply put, Snelling's satisfaction scores are more than double the industry average. We call it People Plus, and you'll understand why when you give us a call. Call us at 1-800-411-6401 or visit our webpage at www.snelling.com. That's 1-800-411-6401 or S-N-E-L-L-I-N-G.com. Have you ever heard of someone who felt stuck in a challenging situation, feeling sideswiped by an event that took their success path off course? Glenn Ramsey, the entrepreneur blind spot coach, will help you to identify the unnoticeable reasons why you've derailed and get back on track with your KPI goals. Get realigned with success and connect with Glenn, the blind spot coach, at Glenn at InspireNexus.com to schedule your free discovery coaching session today. That's Glenn, G L E N, at InspireNexus.com. You're tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back to The Business Edge. I'm Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves Coach, helping entrepreneurs and business owners create a thriving culture and leadership to build great companies that matter, those that do good and do well. My guest is Dr. Mary Lippitt, talking about her book, Brilliant or Blunder, Six Ways Leaders Navigate Uncertainty, Opportunity, and Complexity. And listeners, we are in an era of uncertainty complexity, but I also truly believe great opportunity. And Mary's been talking about um, mindsets and how they can help us move forward or they can hold us back. Uh, So continuing our conversation on mindsets, Mary, how can mindsets build an aligned and committed team that is also ready for change? Well, I think that one of the things that happens with any active, rapidly growing firm uh, is that people get used to doing things in a certain way, and they tend to be very proud of mm-hmm. what they're doing. And mm-hmm. so in most organizations, you know, the salespeople say, well, without me, this organization wouldn't exist. And the people that, you know, deliver uh, or produce the products say, well, without me, this organization would not (laughs) exist. And then the finance people. And so there's a tendency sometimes to be focused on your specific function and how you contribute. And many times this translates into some tension within an executive team because if I want something and I think it's necessary for my uh, unit's success or for my success, if it's a small, small organization, I'm going to say, think that anybody that doesn't really agree with me has maybe a personal agenda mm-hmm. or is out to hurt me or is out to uh, embarrass me. We basically start using a lot of what I'd call personal conflict stories 
um, that keep the team from really coming together. And what the mindsets do is it enables us to get away from what I will call the subjective factors. You know, if if you're young, uh, the reason you're not supporting me is because you're you're not a millennial or a Gen X. I mean, we 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 just seem to fall back on all these personal um, reasons for for lack of agreement. And what the mindsets do is it lets us be objective. So if someone is saying I need blank blank. And I could sit back and say, tell me what's going on that makes this a need right now. And I could have a discussion that's very objective. And then I could then say, well, let me tell you what's going on in my area and what I need to do right now. And we can learn how to build a bridge. But it isn't something that divides us. And it can be something very specific that we need to deal with now, but we also can agree as soon as that need's met, we're going to move on to your need. So instead of making an assumption that every decision is going to be at least a year long, we, we can make our, our discussions very much more timely and keep the conversation objective about what's driving us, what's reality, what information do we have that we need to address, rather than sit back and saying, well, he or she's not being very supportive kinds of things. So what we've done with many uh, executive teams in particular is to be able to have a discussion. What's happening and why do you think, what do you think is the most important thing to do right now? Uh-huh. And you could ask that of everybody or what's keeping you awake right now. And you can get some ideas of what people are gauging. And then you can have a discussion about overall what is the best thing for this organization to do right now? So it basically helps a team have a communication practice that is objective and timely rather than thinking that, you know, this is our tradition and we have to stick to it even though we're losing customers or the concept of, you know, but just trying to um, assume that everyone is working some kind of uh, personal career aspiration at my cost. So it gives a vocabulary, an objective discussion, and an ability to say, okay, I understand where you're coming from. If I do this, I will be able to meet your goal, and we can create bridges. And that's what mindsets can bring to, to an executive team. And it also helps people understand, really, why are we doing this? You know, it, it isn't just because of some political connection that someone had or some entrepreneurs have read a new book and therefore they're going to adopt whatever that new book says. I mean, many years ago, it, Jack Welch was considered to be a really phenomenal leader, uh-huh. and, and he uh-huh. was. But you know what? Not every company is General Electric. And uh-huh. so what might work for General Electric may not work in your firm. And so we, we need to have a discussion and have it in a comprehensive manner. And those mindset buckets let us make sure that we, we discuss all six areas and then decide what's most important first. Because, uh, again, you know, after we accomplish one thing, we actually work on accomplishing number two next. You know, you had so many good points as you were talking, and it reminded me of some of the coaching situations that I have been part of. Um, but I think the key point that I got from this, and it's it's simple, which is to move away, to, to have a discussion, a process, to move away from 
me to us and yes. to talk about us and how 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 important what what are you doing and what are some of your issues and 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 to help people understand that um we're it, it, that we focus on our team or our department or our company and to get away from that personal that you're against me type of thing. Um, Correct. And I think there's another aspect, though, too, Marcia, and that is that sometimes we're only looking at one part of the puzzle. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. you you know how many times there's been, like, uh, witnesses to a car accident. Yes. And they yes. can't even agree on the same color car or they can't agree, you know, on, on how fast it was going. Everybody saw the same thing. Mm-hmm. But in reality, they were focusing on something different. And so we really need to have an opportunity to really bring all of our perspectives and respect all of those perspectives. Because I think sometimes within a team, there's somebody that has a good perspective that has been discounted. Yes. And really, those are the individuals who really can give us a very valuable alert. Again, we are stressed out. We're time compressed. We want to get things done fast. And so sometimes we don't want to sit back and do the collection of all the information necessary. And I can agree with that. I mean, if it's a routine decision, mm-hmm, if it's mm-hmm. something you've done before, you know, don't bother with this. I mean, you know, you can go with your gut. You can do, you know, a knee-jerk reaction. But when it's precedent setting, when it's data is ambiguous, when there are complex systems involved, when there is a chance really for people to misinterpret um, mm-hmm. and not get on board, then the mindsets are very, very important. And I actually will, when I work with clients, when I say, you know, once you've made up your decision about which way you want to go, when you communicate it, realize that you're communicating it to people who have maybe all six of those mindsets. Mm. So just don't come up with one tagline about the one thing that we're going to do. You know, give credence and consideration and show that you considered all perspectives Rather than just assuming that it's, you know it's a tagline that we're, and that's the only thing that gets re, 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 repeated and repeated and repeated. Nobody really understands really the context for for the decision. So I think right. mindsets can be very helpful. And we're I know we're going to get into those mindsets, but the the one point that I want to reiterate because it is such a a, a a salient point is we you know you talked about. Uh, You can do some knee-jerk reactions, uh, you know, a routine, but business today is not routine. And um, we have to do more analysis and look at all the different factors because of the complexity. It's a much more complex world today than I grew up in, and it will continue to be different for, you know, uh, my children as they grow up and and their children. So I I really... um, find that this your mindsets are um, is a, an important concept that I want to want you to talk more about um, and I think we're going to get to that in another question but I want to move on to because we're talking about organization a life cycle um, how does the organization life cycle help entrepreneurs create long-term success well I think 
thing that the entrepreneur uh, that I have worked with are very focused on what product can we offer and mm-hmm. where's our market. Mm-hmm. And those are two of the mindsets, the inventing and catalyzing. And that's also two organizational life cycle stages. The birth of the firm where we get organized and we come up with our product and our offerings, and then that, that growth, that growth that we really yes. want, the hockey stick, yes. ho- hopefully the hockey stick stage where we're going to grow just fantastically. And because entrepreneurs focus on those two stages of growth, sometimes they don't focus on the following stages of growth. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think entrepreneurs sometimes um, can hurt themselves because in the rapid growth stage, or the, what we really are doing is almost pure chaos. It's, there's, there's confusion. Uh, there's, there's sometimes people get pulled from one project to another project or, you know, to man the desk or to answer the phone or whatever else. And we haven't had time to sit back and get organized. And what I find is a lot of entrepreneurs hear the word organization and immediately translate it to bureaucracy, yes, that yes. Word of paperwork and structure and all those horrible, horrible things. And they don't recognize the positive side of, of making sure that we're organized properly. You know, do we need to be product-centered? Do we need to be geography-centered? I mean, how are we going to work together? Are we going to – who's responsible for what? Uh, how can we hold people accountable? Do we have performance standards that we expect people to meet? Um, and, and again, a very important part of getting organized is recognizing and rewarding people and having systems for doing that. You know, entrepreneurs are usually really good at giving, you know, a good uh, pat on the back to folks. I, I had one that every Friday would get all his staff together and he'd hand out a Klondike bar to somebody who someone else said helped them that week. I mean, I think there are lots of things that we can do to keep the mo- motivation up, keep the excitement up. But at the same time, we need to build a foundation beneath that excitement and mm-hmm. that sense of, of let's get it done. You know, there used to be a, a very popular slogan, just do it. You know, and, and, and I think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs are. But you have to understand just to do it. You still need to know who, how, you need to have the supplies, you need to have, you know, the, the, the uh, systems in place and the processes in place to do it right. And so I find entrepreneurs who focus so much on the birth and the rapid growth don't always focus on the organization and, and that can come back and bite them. Sometimes that bite is in turnover. Someone, you know, I, it, in the rapid growth stage, if you're doing a great job, your reward is more work. And, and sometimes yes. we burn people out. And, and if, without the organization, we may have turnover issues. And, and so instead of seeing organization as a straitjacket or a bureaucracy or you know, a silliness, recognize that it really becomes an enabler. It becomes a tool that people can rely on, feel comfortable with, and then grow from. And again, any organization that you create can be modified. You know, you're not you know, setting it in stone for the eons. You're doing it for, you know, this period of time. And when events change, you may need a new, open new facility, a new location, and you might want to be able to document how you 
uh, operated in your first location, that's organization. Right. And, you know, I've had, oh, probably two dozen entrepreneurs on the show. Um, and we get into, I have specific questions for entrepreneurs. And this, the second segment, uh, well, the first segment is, how did you, you know, why did you start your business? Tell me about that. But the second segment is, you're growing your business. What have been some of the challenges? And how do you deal with these challenges? And I hear exactly what you're talking about. Um, they've had to put systems in. Uh, they've had to become more organized. They've had to hire more people and the right people. And they've had to let go of some people who couldn't, who didn't have the skill sets or the mindset to, to grow with them. And they've also had to change their leadership style as well. So, um, you know, uh, it, there's so much that needs to be thought about besides, as you said, products and marketing, as you make that rapid growth to that second stage of business. Um, Other things that you can talk about, we have a couple of more minutes about the organization life, you know, the lifestyle and the kinds of things that entrepreneurs need to know uh, that you hadn't been talked about. Well, I, I, I will suggest to you that after the organization, which is the developing mindset, mm-hmm. um, then you have to set, you, you created the processes, you created the systems. The next move is what I will call the, the prime stage for the business. Mm-hmm. And in the prime stage, we're looking at improving cycle time, reducing mm-hmm. shrinkage. We're mm-hmm. looking at um, in quality improvements. We're looking at what our profit margins are and how we can improve upon them. And again, you know, we've seen organizations make choices on profit margins that, that they choose for some suppliers that are lower cost, but they're also lower quality. And, yes. and the, the impact really is you have returns and you lose customers. So, you know, we have to balance all of our decision-making. But after Prime, we come to a maturity stage. And, you know, as adults, we'd like to think we're mature. And as organizations, we want to be mature. Uh, but re- in reality, uh, maturity is taking a look at making sure we have the bench strength of the talent, that we have a culture that will sustain us, <laughs> that will not become overly bureaucratic. I actually had someone who said to me, hey, Mary, we're on the B team. I said, you know, I don't know. What's the B team? We be here when it starts. We be here when it ends. We're just going to sit here and wait it out. I mean, we can't have that. And that's where the culture plays a part. And so the, the real the next big disconnect is after maturity, when you have everything polished, the systems are running smoothly, we have a good organization, we have the talent in place, then to say, okay, we have to change. Mm. Again, maturity, if you, the, the, tor- the traditional organizational life cycle is a line that starts off very low, right, very right. fast, taps out at the top, and then it dies. But in reality, the organizational life cycle does not end. One of the differences between the human life cycle and organizational life cycle, the human life cycle is oh, maybe like 90 years or something. The organizational life cycle is forever. I'm right. with a Japanese sake manufacturer. And you know what? I'm going to have to just, if you hold that thought, because we're going to okay. be taking a quick break, and then when you come back, we, you can talk about that Japanese company. Okay. So it's time for a short break. I'm Marcia Zeidel, the Smart Moves Coach, and my guest is Dr. Mary Lippitt, talking about preparing for what's next, leveraging your company's life cycle. 
In the next segment, Mary and I will be talking about uh, the mindset checklist. And she's going to give you some questions so you can start thinking about what your mindset is. So you're listening to The Business Edge on the Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Have you heard the great news? Snelling has been awarded Best of Staffing by both clients and candidates for their remarkable service, an achievement less than 1% of all workforce solutions companies can claim. Simply put, Snelling's satisfaction scores are more than double the industry average. We call it People Plus, and you'll understand why when you give us a call. Call us at 1-800-411-6401 or visit our webpage at www.snelling.com. That's 1-800-411-6401 or S-N-E-L-L-I-N-G.com. Need a speaker for your next event that will engage, educate, and energize? Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves Coach, will quickly capture your audience's attention with her enthusiasm, her ability to connect with diverse groups, and her real-world success stories. She creates learning experiences that turn on the light bulbs, trigger innovative ideas, and motivate decisive action. The result? Accelerated leadership performance and business profitability. Schedule a keynote, presentation, or webinar now. Go to smartmovescoach.com forward slash speaking. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. tuned into the business edge with marcia's idol to reach marcia or her guests on today's show please call 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 you can also send us an email to marcia at smartmovescoach.com now back to the business edge Welcome back to the Business Edge. I'm Marcia Seidel, the Smart Moves Coach, helping entrepreneurs and business owners create a thriving culture and leadership to build great companies that matter, those that do good and do well. My guest is Dr. Mary Lippitt talking about her book, Brilliant or Blunder, Six Ways Leaders Navigate Uncertainty, Opportunity, and Complexity. And at the end of that last segment, Mary was started talking about um, the you know the, how organizations uh, reinvent themselves and and how they need to do that to survive and she was going to give an example of a, of a Japanese company so can you just uh, give it a snip give us a snippet of uh, what you were thinking about and and uh, so we can you know finish that that point okay well I was just going to mention there's a Japanese sake manufacturer that's one thousand years old. Royal Dutch Shell is 300 years old. So no human being will last 300 years or 1,000 years. But, and that's the difference. If we 
plan and work with the organizational life cycle, we can continue to keep it going. And I think that's particularly important for entrepreneurs. I think that most uh, entrepreneurs know that when they pass on their their work, their company, maybe to their their, their family, the there are some real challenges, mm-hmm. and frequently entrepreneurial firms get either bought out or merged, or, or they actually you know, have to suspend business because they have not managed their organizational life cycle well. So the organizational life cycle is say, saying, you know, birth, growth, get organized, become prime, become mature, and then reinvent yourself. Mm. Now, this doesn't have to be a 100% reinvention, but it means I have to reposition my organization for the future, for the trends. And, of course, the biggest example that most people refer to is IBM. It, It really was a category killer for a long period of time, but they stayed mature for too long and they they lost out. And so we don't want the same thing happening, obviously, on a different scale, but we have to make sure that every once in a while we sit back and say, are our assumptions still valid? Are we really uh, capturing the new trends? Are there new business models that exist? I mean, you know, the booksellers used to think that their biggest threat was from another bookstore. They didn't think about it from Amazon. That's right. So we have to sometimes sit back and say, you know, what can happen? You know, there there are a lot of delivery services that that have been terribly hurt um, with uh, the the electronic purchasing, and there's a there's actually some work that's suggesting that UPS drivers in the future may be out of work, you know, not not in the near term, but you know, 20 years out with autonomous driving. So, I mean, <laughs> is it really something we need to immediately grab onto? No, but we might want to start making adjustments to take care of some of these trends that may be developing. And that's where the reinvention, the renewal uh, comes into play. So do not think that your organization should die. Be sure to, as an entrepreneur to think about how to make it an organization that can live for hundreds of years. That's a really good point. I don't know how many entrepreneurs are thinking along those lines, not so much in terms of, you know, what the the latest trends are, because I I work with them and, and many of them are looking at that. I don't know if they're looking at how to make this organization last 100 years or 1,000 years. And that's a, that's a very different mindset. So Correct. we've been talking about mindsets, and you mentioned a mindset checklist. What is it and how can they help leaders? Well, a mindset checklist is a series of questions under each mindset that we ask people to review to make sure that they're not overlooking something. And I know that some entrepreneurs don't like the idea of a checklist, but I like to mention to you that doctors use a checklist, pilots Mm -hmm. use a checklist, lawyers use a checklist, and the reason they're doing it is because they want to get a comprehensive scan of what's reality. So some of the checklist questions under inventing is, you know, what outside-of-the-box thinking can we tap into? What alternatives are there to our current solutions? If there were no constraints, what could we be doing? What is the ideal product or service? So, again, I'm not saying you have to answer each one of those, but every once in a while, revisit them and make sure that you're staying innovative from the catalyzing mindset. 
What will help our customer base? What's the competition doing? What actions are critical now for us to maintain our brand and reputation? What will grow our share of the market? And again, you know, we, we, we need to keep our focus on the customer as well as the competition. And, and sometimes we, we feel so secure with our current customer base, we're not prepared for some of the shifts that the competition may be throwing at us. Under the developing mindset, uh, what's the best way for us to organize? How should information flow? What systems need to be improved and aligned? There, there's a lovely article about the folly of rewarding A when you want B. Sometimes reward systems are established to reward what had been the primary driver, but they haven't been revised. You know, what will improve our monitoring? Is our monitoring effective? You know, part of the rapid growth stage is a lot of people become very autonomous, which is great, and mm-hmm. they take the initiative. But are we also looking at how we monitor them? Under the performing mons- mindset, what's the cost-benefit analysis? Where are our bar- bottlenecks or barriers? What necessary resources do we have? Um, what is our inventory level? What disruptions might impact us? Where can we improve our cycle time? So, again, very different questions than organizational questions or customer questions or inventing questions. From the protecting mindset, what will enhance our culture? Uh, do we have the skills and the staff we need? Uh, how will we sustain our commitment to fair and ethical practices? Do we have a high level of engagement? Are rewards and promotions seen as fair and uh, trustworthy? From the challenging mindset, are our current assumptions still valid? What threats could arise from emerging trends? Are we effectively balancing short and long-term goals? What best practice or after-action insights are we deploying? What new business models are possible? So what I would say is, you know, focus on what you want to focus on, but before you jump, check and see if you some of these questions might help you make a better decision, one that will not only meet short but also long-term goals, also sustain the culture, improve the quality and the return, you know, develop um, the, the organizational support so people can operate fairly autonomously, serve the customers, and, and again, be creative, be inventive, uh, take the initiative. And so these are prods in the mindset checklist to help organizations. And by the way, it's a really very effective way to develop your staff. Sometimes an entrepreneur has staff um, that has not had the opportunity to really develop their thinking framework. So these these questions help them think through an issue because some entrepreneurs get lots of suggestions, but they're really right. some of them are really not well thought through. So well, you know, on that point, because you've, you've, there's so much information here, and especially this checklist that we are at the at the point where. Um, I think it's important for you to tell the listeners um, how to contact you, how to find out more about your book, because you've just you've just given a little bit, you know, the tip of the iceberg in terms of what's in this very valuable book and um, how they can, you know, uh, get uh, perhaps get these questions. So, Mary, um, 
how can they, they contact you? Well, I'd love to have people contact me in my email. It's a little bit long. It's my first name, initial M, my last name, Lippet, which is spelled L-I-P-P as in Paul, I-T-T as in Tom, at Enterprise, E-N-T-E-R-P-R-I-S-E, and then three letters, M-G-T.com. So M, Lippet, at Enterprise, M-G-T, which is an abbreviation for management, dot com. But I'd also like to suggest, if they would be interested, um, to go either to Barnes & Noble, Amazon. The Brilliant or Bonder book is available both digitally and in print. And by the way, the checklist is included in it. By the way, a longer, more comprehensive one than I was able to, to share today. And then I think that for the final option for people to consider is if they like to take the leadership spectrum profile online, they can choose a situation, identify what their mindset is for that situation as a jumping off point for them to understand mindsets more thoroughly. What happens is you get an online report immediately identifying your mindset for that situation. And it also talks about the organizational life cycle and basically how to use mindsets to influence others. Well, I, I want to thank you so much, Mary. Um, it, it's a book that has so much uh, gems in it, and that, it, you know, one reading is, it, it seems to me that I started reading it, and I'm going to have to go back to it, because there's so much good information, but the whole concept of mindsets, and looking at those six different mindsets, I know can help companies, and uh, and small to, to large companies. So, I want to thank you again, and now it's time to look at next week's program to bring more magic to your leadership and business, and it is Decoding the Path to Success. Many of us wonder as we wander through our daily business routines, am I going in the right direction? Am I doing the things that matter? Will I achieve the success I want? My guest is Ed Gideon, who is a successful business owner and valued advisors to CEOs nationwide, who will help us answer those questions in order to be fully committed to the path we need to seek. He says each of us seeks our own level of success. To get there, we face challenges in four areas that he will decode. These areas are motivation, attitude, productivity, and working smarter. And now, listeners, I would like to give you my favorite quote. There are three kinds of people in this world, those who make it happen, those who let it happen, and those who asked, what happened? As a Smart Moves coach, let me show you how. Contact me at Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com, or call 972-380-9181. Thank you, listeners, for uh, your time uh, to the Business Edge with Marcia Zeidel, the Smart Moose Coach and Speaker, helping entrepreneurial ventures and small to medium-sized companies build their culture and their leadership. Remember, to be successful, you must get outside your comfort zone. That's where the magic happens. Thank you. You've been listening to The Business Edge with Marsha Zeidel, the Smart Moves Coach. Join us again next Friday, noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Make the leap from a stressful to a successful business.